Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. This is Denny Somak, host of The Rock Podcast. I'm a producer, author, and rock historian, and I want to share with you some of the greatest stories in rock and roll. Well, Bonzo was the best hard rock drummer ever, hands down. I mean, no one comes within a mile of him. And I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and John Lennon had this wise guy look on his face, just like me and my friends were just a bunch of wise guys, street kids. The first guitar I ever had was um, Spanish guitar, and I couldn't really get the hang of it. I was only 13. I had never written a song before, actually, and uh, so Jim says, okay, everybody go home and write some songs, you know. And so I went, went home and wrote Light My Fire. Join me. For The Rock Podcast, the only podcast that matters. From Podcast One or wherever you get yours. Well, we talked to Craig Jackson of Bear Jackson, and we get an all... All into the Fords and the Cobras and the Mustangs. Yeah, the and the Shelbys. And the Shelbys and lots of cool stuff coming up. We get into the uh, T50 supercar, Gordon Murray stuff as well. Little updates on um, Laguna Seca. First, there's Matt. Yeah, you know, Dodge has officially opened orders on the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. It's the most powerful SUV ever. They're limiting production to about 2,000 of these, but some dealers still have them. So you might want to go in there and try to check that out. And exclusive for 2021, it features a 710 horsepower engine, new aggressive exterior styling, and a new interior with a driver-centric cockpit. And what's cool is that all buyers will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Bondurant High Performance School of Driving. Deliveries are already starting to begin. It's definitely happening early this year. And uh, so you might want to go and check those out. Check out the Durango RT as well, the big V8 version. If you can't get the Hellcat, you can get the RT. And, you know, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked a number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive today. Get it on. Got to get on. <laughs> Welcome to CarCast, man. For all it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, uh, over there. That's good that you're prepping for your auction debut. That's right. <laughs> with, uh, with the auctions coming up, you're, uh, you're getting there. Yeah, auctions coming up. We'll talk to uh, Craig Jackson about that coming up. Uh, Barrett Jackson, of course, in uh, Scottsdale. Yeah, Scottsdale. So that'll be uh, coming up uh, this weekend. Yeah, it starts Saturday, March 20th, and it runs through the 27th. All right, so we'll uh, get into that. They have some interesting cars there. Um, let's see. The uh, e-tron GT reviews are starting to pop up. Yeah, that's going to be out in the summer, and uh, we should be able to get one in the summer to, to test. Um, but it's the Porsche Taycan, but it, I just think it looks better than the Porsche does, and it's got kind of a more conventional interior. You know, it's it's going to be interesting, and also fast as hell. <laughs> yeah, or at least quick as hell. Yeah. Because I still yeah. don't know about the top speed of some of those electric cars. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because Lamborghini's executives are basically saying, hey, we're going to put more of an emphasis now on on that, on the quick and the handling, and, yeah, and and we're not going to go after 
you know, the biggest top speed. Like we're going we're gonna to make more performance handling oriented cars. And they said so they're doing that because they're going to start leaning more into like a hybrid and EV type things. And uh, you're going to get that. And that's what we see as a result of those electric motors. Well, it makes sense because the top speed of a car, of a supercar in the past was directly connected to the horsepower, the lump in the engine, the power plant. So the reason the Bugatti had the top speed is because it had 1,500 horsepower or something like that and uh, all the way down the line. And, um, you know, there was some weight and there was some aerodynamics and there was some gearing. But it was basically you saying we have the greatest top speed is you saying we have the most horsepower because you just couldn't get there, you know, once you get over 150. 50 miles an hour, then you're, it's going to take quite a bit more horsepower every 10 miles an hour you want to get past that. But if you're now shifting to the electric vehicle side of the aisle, now kind of what you're saying is, is well, we don't, you know, people don't really quantify the power of the electric vehicle. They shift more to zero to 60 and zero to 100 yeah. and handling and stuff like that. So the the sort of bragging rights of top speed were essentially the bragging rights of horsepower. But since horsepower is now kind of gone and gone into Newton meters or something, <laughs> yeah. well, then you don't really need to talk about top speed anymore. And it was always worthless. I mean, it was worthless. The top speed was worthless. Nobody drives at, you know, 215 miles an hour. But that meant you had a ton of horsepower, and that meant you were zero to 60 yeah. faster than everyone. Now it's all just down to zero to 60, and no one cares about the top speed. No one ever did care about the top speed. It just meant horsepower. Yeah. The evolution of that is going to be, in my mind, would be as probably starting with the supercars, of course, is as they start to develop transmissions with multiple gears on electric motors. Mm-hmm. You're right. There's a couple here and there that do that. But then you can start, as you wind out that electric motor, be able to shift it down, start over, shift it down, start over. And now you can probably start to get to some, see some pretty incredible top speeds. But uh, not many people are doing that yet. Probably goes through the battery pretty fast, too, when you're <laughs> yeah. doing when you're going for that speed run. So now uh, it's zero to 60. It was always kind of about that sensation of, you know, going from nothing to a hundred miles an hour, that was the real sensation of speed. It's kind of the takeoff of the airplane, not so much cruising altitude where right, you just right. get up and go to the bathroom and you don't feel it. So that makes sense. And and also if uh electric is a more efficient way to deliver that instant torque and that zero to sixty speed, then that's where we're gonna start seeing it, and then we're gonna start seeing, I guess or we have already seen all-wheel drive in those architectures, and that's going to get you to 60 faster even than just lighting up the rear tires. Yeah, we still have some pretty high top speed in our our hybrid supercars, right? You know, McLaren P1 and, you know, LaFerrari and, you know, the ones that have the electric motor maybe on the transmission as part of that. Mm -hmm that that yeah. launch and then Trying it switches to, th- to the v- v- v12 or something 
What do you think the top speed full electric car is? What would you guess? Well, <laughs> we've had this discussion a few times because uh, Tesla has teased their new sports car, right? That Roadster. And they said, you know, oh, it's going to be zero to 60 in, I don't know, 1.9 seconds or two seconds. And it's going to have a 200 and something mile an hour top speed. I'm like, ah, not without a transmission, you're not going to do it. So, right. Um, so what, what is out there that is all electric and has an incredible top speed? It's a, it's a, it's a good question. I would probably look into something like Porsche Taycan and see what the top speed is of that. Yeah, I'm guessing that the top speed of the full electric, no combustion engine cars, I got to believe it's not much over 120, 130. I, I, I would think so. And, you know, like we have these cars from Europe where they're limited at like 155. You know, we have mm-hmm. that, that limitation here. So um, on some level, I kind of think like maybe they tried to achieve that, try to get to that 150-ish mark, mm-hmm. um, and then just sort of blame the government and go, eh, it's 155. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Interesting. I don't know. Max um, Patty can look it up. But, uh, yeah. um, to 2019, they posted that the Genovation GXC all-electric 800-plus horsepower sports car based on the C7 Corvette can uh, get up to 210.2. Yeah, yeah that, that's a custom bill. Like, what's a production Come on, Max Pata. You're, you're looking at weird one-off shit where we took a Corvette. Yeah, that's Wikipedia a- giving you the information going, what's the fastest letter? What What's the top speed of a Porsche Taycan Turbo? Or okay. Porsche Taycan Turbo. All right, while you do well, that, not me- Turbo. Well, there, it's just different variations. The Porsche Taycan is called the Turbo. There's obviously no motor it's the, just an electric motor. Oh, there's no engine. Yeah, there's no engine. Oh, they just call it the they turbo. Just call it, I'm just oh, saying, because okay. that's the big dog, a Taycan Turbo S. Yeah. Top speed. Um, but uh, real yeah. quick, let me just hit Dodge. You know, Dodge was ranked number one in initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So check them out at Dodge.com or visit your local dealer today. The Porsche Taycan Turbo S can get up to 162 really yeah all electric 162 that's yeah uh, and that's, that's porsche having to like basically come up with some minimum right otherwise how does it qualify as still being a porsche yeah i'm i'm telling <laughs> that's that's faster than i would have uh than i would have thunk but okay so uh there's that gordon murray took his uh first uh, t50 prototype out for a drive yeah it was it was a big moment in his life and his production team and a very underwhelming moment for us watching the video. Uh, they they brought it out. I don't know if it, any of you guys saw it. They brought it out, pulled it out of the trailer. The Cosworth guys are there. You know, just it's the 3.9 liter naturally aspirated V12, mm-hmm. 654 horsepower, I think, 12,000 RPM redline. Mm. And Gordon Murray's trying to build the... The most incredible analog supercar today, manual transmission and whatever. But all of this testing is limited to 3,000 RPM. So when they get in there and they rev it, 3,000 RPM. When they drive it, it looks like he's just putting around the parking lot. (laughs) Why are they limited? Why three? Because it's just – this is like the first time it's ever been driven. It's it's just been very limited – 
Well, don't uh, film it then. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, this is a big moment for them, but for the rest of us, it's really not. And uh, you, they keep showing the fan, but the fan's not spinning, and all these people are standing around, and Gordon Murray's in it. And he gets out, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, it's fast. It's, I broke the tires loose a little bit. I was like, yeah, then you hit 3,000 RPM, and, it, and, it's, and it's a, it's a three-seater, if you guys remember, three-seater. You sit in the middle. You can see him in the middle. You see the Cosworth engine engineer sitting next to him. It's very much like from the front angle. That's it. See, look how slow he's going. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's very much like the McLaren M uh, F1 from it, the nineties. Yes, from the, the, from the nose. The, really, has the a whole, lot of that. the whole thing basically has. So the roof has a lot of it. It's very. If it, you parked it next to Leno's. F1, I think, and squinted, you would have kind of a hard time from the outside really discerning. Especially this one, because in this flat black, you can't see the vents on the side of the door. It does have a little bit of styling characteristics, a little bit of personality in the door, and you can't see it here at all. But also, keep in mind, it's a small car. Although it seats three people, it's like Porsche Boxster size. Yeah. Uh, Not in width, but certainly in length. (laughs) I would uh, I would throw some revs into I mean, it. They tried and went to three thousand RPM. Yeah, don't uh, don't film it until you can get to seven. Yeah, because if that engine redlines at twelve, three is is almost dwell. It's almost yeah. idling. I that, mean, it'd be like if you got that's like the warm up RPM when it, when you start it cold start. Yes, it and it's just. If if you if you got into one of my Datsun five ten race cars and said, Oh, we're gonna film this car going around Laguna Seca, but we're not gonna we're not gonna get it higher than three thousand RPM, it would just look like someone rented a Yaris and just putted <laughs> around the track. It, it literally yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah. I mean I, I, I think what some people don't realize is these real spirited Low displacement, relatively low at 3.9 with a 12-cylinder for sure. But what they don't realize is not only do these cars not come to life until you get up on the pipe, so so to speak, on them, get some revs into them, but they're less than impressive below that. Like by oh, yeah, nature. yeah. 3,000 RPM is what you probably hit to pull it out of the paddock and onto the track. Yes. You know, like just to rev it to get the car moving right. and engage the clutch, it's right. 3,000. Right. Anything less, it probably stalls. <laughs> right. So it would be very underwhelming to, to experience <laughs> yeah. well, that. It wasn't the most exciting video in the world, but uh, you could see for them it was it was a little more eventful than – than for the rest of us. They well, said there's listen, going to be several I, more prototypes they're going to develop, and they've got a lot more testing, and I'm sure the, the videos are going to get more exciting. I love what they're doing. I love that they're building an analog supercar. I love the analog part. I love 2,200 the, pounds. I love the naturally aspirated part. I love the manual shift and all that kind of stuff. And you guys are free to film it. Just don't put it up on the <laughs> internet until we can get to seven grand. Because even at seven grand, it's not going to, you know... At seven grand, a if you limited that car to seven thousand RPM, I would reckon that a baseline EcoTech Mustang would probably beat it in the quarter mile. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. The EcoBoost, it's if, fast. If if twelve, <laughs> if twelve is the red line, yeah. 
uh, even at seven, it's not doing anything. But cool. Yeah. It's, it's not it's good there. for the guy who put the $2 million deposit down and his uh, wife wants to see the video. <laughs> right. If you're going to debut that car with a track video, just go right to Dario Franchini doing hot laps, right? Because that's kind of his guy and he's been hosting the videos and Dario's fantastic and charming and fast. Or take that car. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Take Leno's car. Put that weird shroud camouflage stuff on it that they put on a car when they don't want it filmed. Yeah. And then just take some flat black paint, take a take a fan blade and double <laughs> stick it to the back and then have Dario turn some hot laps. Yeah. And that thing get, get all the close-up shots of the T50 and, you know, yeah, then the cut drone, back wide. the drone shots to the right. flat black uh, show him sort of getting loose and drifting it and lighting up yeah. the tires. That would work. All you got to do is put those ugly wheels on the T50 and you'll never notice the difference. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. It does have <laughs> yeah. the ugly wheels. Or you got to swap out the ugly wheels on the F1 for something better. Anything. Well, well, we should tell Jay next time we see him. Why don't you get some center lines going on that <laughs> yeah. bad boy? Yeah. Yeah. Then he'd go, uh, it's not the way it came. Paid 700. <laughs> I was off at 21 million. <laughs> With the wheels on it? or That's or? always my favorite. <laughs> My favorite is when guys go, I don't know how much it was. I, I have no idea. I was offered, and then I turned it down. And we go, yeah. okay, well, yeah. that's something. Yeah, I love that, though. So people get, they hit that with passion, too. What is it worth? I turned down right. X dollars. Right. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so it's at least worth what you've turned down yeah. until that guy dies. I don't even need to think you need to hit me with the I turned down part. You can just go, Oh, I think it's worth $21 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they I think they like that there's the, substantiated, that there's somebody out there that actually made that offer. But um, anyway, Gordon Murray, glad he's doing his thing. Cool piece. Did we figure out what that car sticker's at? Uh, it's, it's a few million. I want to say it was three. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't say yeah. for sure. But I'm... I, I'm curious if we're going to be able to see this later this year. And I bring that up because Monterey Car Week in August mm-hmm. usually has some crazy debuts, either on the lawn at Pebble or certainly at the Quail. Mm-hmm. And I believe Kennepa is, oh, and not, is the Not only on the lawn at Quail, but in the sort of um, – God, in my high school, I think we would call that the quad – like in the middle. Yeah. Well, I meant on the lawn, meaning Pebble, where they do the the debut circle of cars. Oh, yeah. On they the are, lawn at yeah, Pebble I don't think and of then that. also at Quail. I don't think of that as on the lawn. I think of that as like in the quad. You know, yeah, the yeah. lawn to me is where okay. the where the, you know the cars are going up and down. Where the show, and, where the, where the show the, is. The competition yeah. is. Going, yeah, in yeah. that area, they have some really yeah. cool debuts in there. Yeah. So something there or something at Quail. Um, but because Canepa is, I guess, the exclusive distributor or retailer or or he's going to be the one who can maintain the cars or fix the cars for warranty work, I guess if you want one, you got to call Canepa. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they ain't uh, – I, I don't even know if you could get one. I mean, maybe they're all spoken for the I, first I, run. I don't know for sure. Um uh, it seems like 
they're close, but probably not not all of them. The uh, in other news, the uh, Ford Maverick is yeah. uh, out there, small pickup truck. I wonder why they're going with Maverick. You know what's interesting is is we had a Ranger that was small. And my F-150 is about the size of what a modern-day Ranger is. And then we got to f one fifty. Yours in 91? 95. Oh, 95. And, and then we got to the big trucks, and we did away with the little trucks, other than maybe like Tacoma. And I feel like Nissan Frontier is hanging on for a while. Uh, then Ranger came back, and now they're doing something smaller than Ranger. They're doing Maverick. But Maverick is based off of, I believe, the architecture of the Ford Escape and the Bronco Sport. Mm-hmm. So unibody, uh, and I believe it'll probably come in a front-wheel drive and all-wheel drive mm. variations. I don't think there will be a rear-wheel drive exclusive, right? Just front or all-wheel drive, I like don't... the Ford Escape mm. and the Bronco Sport. Well, first thing, Maverick. Uh, there is such a thing as a Ford Maverick, and yes. it's not – Anything that anyone wants to be associated with in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Save the one that was at SEMA a few years back yeah. that was cool. Yeah, yeah, the SEMA, the SEMA garage. That had the EcoBoost or something yeah. in it. But um, my uh, baseball coach, uh, there were two twins, Rob and Rich Allen, in my high school. I think either one or both of them drove like a powder blue maverick mm. from from the day yeah and if you take a look at a i'm gonna guess the mavericks were like 73 to 77 or, or something yeah that sounds, 76 yeah, that sounds 72 right. to 75 or something they probably had a small run i mean year-wise they were not a desirable automobile Mm-mm. that was kind of the end of Ford, I think that was Ford trying to make something a little smaller and a little more, you know, fuel efficient. But that's right about the time Datsun and Honda and, and uh, 70 Toyota. 70 to 77. 70 to 77. I wasn't too far gone. 70 to 77. Yeah, that's, that's about the, it's cars like that that kind of ushered in the Japanese car era, because people are like, eh, I'm going to get a Celica instead, a little smaller, a little more fuel efficient. But uh, yeah, yeah, they just couldn't knock out the small stuff back then. Some of the worst cars ever created are America's first attempt at the small fuel efficient cars, like the yeah. Chevettes and the Pintos and I, that I, kind of stuff. These had, I mean... Three six-cylinder options and a V8, basically 4.9 liter. They had a V8 yeah. option. Huh? Yeah, they did. But a 170 cubic inch, a 200, and a 250 cubic inch. So basically a 2.8, a 3.3, and a 4.1. And it's funny to think that even then, with the tiny engine, the two-door weighed 2,900 pounds and the four-door weighed 3,000 pounds. Gordon Murray's supercar weighs 2,200. <laughs> but do you know how many Mavericks I could buy for, for one, 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 T, uh, all, one T50? All, probably, probably all of them. I, I'd say all of them. Uh, probably all of them. <laughs> I would say all of the running Mavericks in the United States I could buy for uh, the price of one of those cars. I don't even know what a Maverick is. Now, I mean, going for 
Although, again, as we saw at SEMA, became a kind of interesting platform. I think you can get that hot SEMA car and every other Maverick produced on Earth <laughs> for the price of a T50. <laughs> what is the price of and a every die-cast Ford Maverick? Toy. And every toy. <laughs> and every toy. <laughs> and the Blu-ray edition of the TV show Maverick, Maverick. with James Garner. <laughs> yeah. You get a bundle going. Yeah. That's right. You get the, every one. It would be the most amazing collection, and uh, it would show up somewhere. Well, why don't you hit uh, uh, Geico, and then we'll talk to Craig Jackson. Yeah, you know, we talk about owning your home or renting your home and how much work it can be. But, you know, what's easy, it's saving money by bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because we already have so much to do around our homes already. So just go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. The uh, We'll speak to Craig Jackson about uh, opening up and some of the restrictions and what it's like getting back to sort of in-person auctions and some of the cool cars, there's a Vector M12. That's the Vector with the Lambo engine in it, yeah. right? Yeah, and this is a special one. I, I, he'll have some details on it. But Didn't Lingenfelter have uh, the one with the Lambo engine I, in it? Um, I don't know if he's got the the Lambo engine one, his purple one. Yeah, I think Max Paddock can look or Rhino can look. Ken Lingenfelder's Vector, I I have some recollection that he had the Lambo. I guess, I guess it would be a Diablo engine in there. Yeah, um, cool. I don't know how that deal worked out. If it's a, I, like I, a factory, and, uh, not and I really want to say there was only thing. like twenty four of them. You know, so uh, we'd have to figure it out. But also coming up is uh, Bear Jackson uh, or, or Craig Jackson, I guess, has a a two part docu series about his two really special. Shelby prototypes, his 67 and his 68, called Green Hornet and Little Red. And it had like the twin Paxton supercharged Mm -hmm. engine in it. And he found the cars, restored the cars. So they're doing two, I believe, one-hour specials, one for each car. That looks kind of interesting because we know that Craig is – he's restored cars. He's worked on cars. He's a bit of a fabricator Mm -hmm. You know, in his spare time. I don't know how much spare time he has. Uh, well, Craig's online one. There were 14 of those vectors with the Lambo engines made. Is Well, I don't know. We'll just talk to Craig Jackson yeah. and ask him. Hey, Craig. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Craig. This is Matt as well. How are you? Very well. Getting ready for the auction. Uh, I can't imagine what kind of uh, craziness you guys have had to go through to pull off an event like this. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. What are you expecting as far as attendance, and what have you had to do or wanted to do to make this happen sort of COVID-friendly? <laughs> well, we a good question. We did our October auction as a test to, you know, you, you go to the city and you say, we want to hold a Barrett-Jackson, and all they can envision is 325,000 people packed together. We're like, no, we're going to space everything out. We we went through a very detailed uh, plan, which covered a lot of areas from, you know, one, the social distancing, two, buying a lot of plexiglass to divide. And we actually came up with a way in 
our skyboxes to move those. So if groups come in different groups, you can seat them together. Pods for seating on the floor so groups that come together can all sit together. Temperature checks. We're using a drone flying at nighttime to disinfect the the entire facility, all the touch surfaces. We spent a lot of time during the quarantine rewriting a lot of our software to make it as paperless as possible. You still have to sign the power of attorney. Uh, Other than that, uh, you really don't have to come into the office. So we've gone through a lot of things. And then with spacing out all the cars, uh, limited the number of cars to about a lot, right between 1,000 and 1,100 cars. So all the cars are double spaced. And that's it in a nutshell. We're running at about 20% capacity. So, you know, it'll be a, a different Barrett Jackson, but you still have everything all the vendors, sponsors, ride and drives, auction action. Um, it's the same, just not as many people. But it'll make great TV. We have some great cars, great collections, and great charity cars. Yeah, it's going to air this uh, coming Wednesday through uh, Saturday on uh, yes on History FYI and History. I always love watching FYI it. and History. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to turn off because you're constantly just waiting for the next car. Yeah, that's uh, coming yeah. up, and you can stream it all on uh, BarrettJackson.com. Um, so we're talking yep. about the Vector M12 with the Lambo engine in it. I was speculating that I thought Ken Lingenfelder had one of those, but I, Matt couldn't remember if it was the the Lambo engine or the or, the, or the, the V8, yeah. which is interesting because I'm pretty sure Ken bought his years ago at one of your auctions, Craig. I, I, oh. I, I can't recall, but I think he might have bought uh, his purple. It's a purple one he bought years and years ago. Um, and it just came Could up. Be. I remember yeah. we had a purple one. Yeah, it was a purple one, and it was like eighty thousand bucks or something at the time, or, or maybe even less than that when he picked it up. Well, uh, but anyway, they're, they're so, rare. So tell us about this M12. What makes this car special? What you know about it? Well, it's been in our shop. It's black, red interior, has the Lambo engine in it. Uh, it's one of fourteen. Uh, I guess there is now 12, two of them have been destroyed, you know, and this was, you know, the predecessor to the M8. It's, you know, they're rare cars for people that like supercars and collect supercars. Doesn't get much rarer than this, American-made, but has a sort of the reverse of a Pantera. Pantera, European coachwork, American engine, here American coachwork, European engine. So this is their uh, their spin on it. That's part of the Larry Winkler collection, which he has a, a great selection of a lot of supercars as well as 50s cars. But, uh, you know, that's one of our feature cars. We have a great docket. Have you looked through it at all other than the Vector? And yeah, just sort of seen the, the Shelby's are unbelievable. I heard you guys talking about my two documentaries. Yes. Yeah. Which ties to one of the cars. We have one of the other fuel injected cars. So those two cars of mine. One was Little Red, which was Carol built the Super Snake, and Little Red is his personal cars. Both had twin blowers, and he built them both right when he came back from Lamar to make his sort of street presence be known. It was always rumored the car was painted Ferrari red and a lot of rumors, but after we found the car, you know, that's what the documentary is about to show. And then its predecessor, uh, the Green Hornet, was 
electronic multi-port computerized fuel injection, independent rear suspension, four-wheel disc brakes, and Mm -hmm. Ford Advanced Vehicles had a lot of engineering go into that car. Both of them coupes, both of them EXP 500 experimental cars. Both were told to be crushed, and I found both of them and restored them. And then this other car that we are selling at the auction is a 68 prototype pre-production car that was sold in the same lot of six cars to a dealership in Colorado. And we found all the paperwork when we went to Ford that showed they sold all the cars. They just told them, put them back to legal and sell them. And uh, it makes a couple of great stories, but we're selling some great history across the auction block. Being able to buy one of the only two running Conelig computerized fuel-injected cars on the planet and the Super Snake, the twin supercharged 427 Cobra, personal car of uh, Carol Shelby's, and a great story why it was built. He uh, came back from Lamont. He always loved running with his buddies up to Tahoe, and he did a race across Nevada, which he talked about when we sold it the first time, getting pulled over doing 190 miles an hour. <laughs> and uh, the goal was to beat his friend in his Ferrari. And he, when he first went against his friend with his new 275 4 cam Ferrari, beat him at high altitude. So that's why he put the two blowers on the Super Snake, mm. put his automatic transmission in it, and went out. And as his friend said, it passed him at 140, and it exploded. It just left him. <laughs> so great piece of automotive history, following Ford versus Ferrari, and all the documentaries you guys did, I think the interest for Carroll Shelby has never been higher and bringing out some of his crown jewels and factory prototype cars and cars he built and drove himself. It's iconic. Well, you might be a guy's uniquely qualified to talk about this since we're on Shelby. We were talking on a previous episode of CarCast uh, about the Cobra Daytona that was kind of, I don't know if you call it a continuation, but it was not one of the original race cars, but it we couldn't quite figure... Oh, hello? Oh, well, maybe he didn't want to talk about the uh, Daytona since it wasn't at his auction. But what what was that car? Where is that car? That was, uh, it was at like a worldwide auction or something, and it, it, uh, it was said to be... Carol's personal car, but then it was driven by a bunch of other notable names. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know exactly what year it was built. Yeah, that was a car we were trying to kind of get to the bottom of. And like I said, maybe Craig has some thoughts on it. There's nothing better than a Paxton blower. Um I'm sure they don't work as well as a modern day one, but they look better. Yeah, back the then hood. they were they did, had these ball bearings in them, and and you know, and not really a gear drive. And now they're gear drive, so mm-hmm. uh, much <laughs> much better for sure. But I'm also curious to see the Ferrari he's got there, the 275. Yeah, uh, I think Craig's back on. Craig, I'm back. Sorry, yeah. stopped the call. That's all right. Uh, I was asking about that Cobra Daytona sort of Shelby's car continuation. It's on some other auction website some or something website. now. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that car. You know the story about that car. I do not. I think McCluskey built the car, and I think he Steve Davis knows the car. Um, you know, there was a lot of dust-up over Carol's coupe 
and how he lost it, and then he wanted another car, and that, that's when he built that one, I believe, and had McCluskey build it. But I'm not too much up on that. I've been researching all the cars back in the era, mm-hmm. and, you know, like you guys, doing all the research and all that. And what's been the best part about it is going out and interviewing all the guys that are still alive and getting their stories while they're still around. And I actually found the guy when I was doing the, the little red story and found the guy that built it. And then uh, doing the research on the super snake, found the guy that built it at Shelby America and is the one that sold it to Webb, the guy in 1970. So, you know, I, I'm up more on those cars than the sort of continuation cars. Yeah. The good news is a lot of those guys who work for Shelby, cause we've talked to a lot of them, you know, there were 19 when they were working there. Right, yeah. If there were 35, yeah. they wouldn't be up for an interview <laughs> now. But they're they're all kind of John Morton kind of guys. Like they were they were kids. Yeah. When they yeah, started. even Pete Brock was still uh, really young over there. Yep. You know, and already had a, a bit of a of a career. You know, with GM and stuff. Yeah. So those guys were so damn young when they were doing that, even back in the mid, mid sixties, even early sixties, that a lot of those guys are around and uh, willing to talk. And then a lot of those guys also got their young sons into the fold pretty early too. So if they're not around, the son, who's now middle-aged guy, has some vivid memories about working mm-hmm. on the cars or helping dad and, and that kind of stuff. So it's nice. And it's nice to capture all that stuff on video because yeah. uh, it'll forever be in a time vault. Uh, Craig, well, that's uh, been my goal. Uh, Craig, a question for you because I, you know, we've been coming out to the auctions for so long and you see some of – of your your regulars there uh, constantly buying uh buying vehicles over the years and then you pick up an entire collection like you're doing now with the vector and all the, a lot of these other supercars what what happens there that happens what i mean is is somebody always starts to ask like why does ron pratt buy cars from you for 30 years and then come and sell them all at once? Or what is, uh, like, the, the gentleman with the collection now sell them all at once? Like, what sort of stories do you get? Do they get bored, or is it just a health thing, or are they getting old, or it's just like, I, I'm sure everybody's different, but it, that has to get asked all the time. Like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Why is he selling all the cars? Is it a change in the market, or what? Well, on... Uh I can speak, and we're doing tomorrow night on FYI. You talked about the two specials. We also have a preview show uh, tomorrow evening on FYI, and it re-airs on History Channel Sunday morning. So we're doing a preview show, and then Little Red and Green Hornet are playing in that same drive block on FYI and History, and that answers it. So Larry Winkler, he he decided to sell everything, and he talks about it in the uh, preview show. He just wanted to change everything. And he goes, you know, I built what I wanted. I bought what I wanted at the time. He decorated his uh, buildings very much like Ron Pratt with under different neons and gas pumps and a full gas station. It looked a lot like Ron Pratt's. And then he goes, you know, I'm going to change it. I'm going to I'm going to go back and I'm going to build more of a contemporary looking museum type setting i'm gonna buy a different type of cars now so it's him just wanting he goes i'm not gonna live forever i want to change things up he really loves driving his cars and that's what you 
see with a lot of people. They want to just rotate and change things. I'm selling two cars. And the only reason I'm selling the two is I never drive them. One, because it's too pristine, and the other one, I've had it 15 years. So the, the one car I'm selling is a 65 Shelby that's won the Triple Crown and the first Shelby ever 65 to win the Authenticity Award. Hmm. At, and it's so perfect, restored with all assembly line parts, that I don't want to drive it. And until I did the pieces for the show, I had never driven the car, and that's not like me. The other is a 32 uh, Ford Roadster that's been at the Oakland Roadster show three times with a blown, Arden-headed flathead in it. And I've driven it, and I just stopped sort of driving it because I started driving other cars that I like driving more. And I think you should only collect cars that you want to drive and use. That's my opinion. I don't have any trailer queens. I drive the Little Red. I drive the Hornet. I drive all my ultra-rare cars because I like driving them. And Uh, once you stop driving them, they just become a potted plant. Either that's what you're into. And I tell people, whoever buys the 65 Shelby should put it in an Argon case and keep it forever. Because some of the parts on it are unobtainable nowadays because they're assembly line parts, not uh, NOS dealership parts. That car is exactly as it would have rolled out of the hangar at Shelby America. And, you know, it was a, a goal to build something and see if you can do something to that level. Then after we did it, we're like, okay, now what do we do with it? Yeah. yeah. So, well, speaking I'm of. A, I, I have a different mindset. I like to take my cars out and have fun with them and smoke the tires and enjoy them. And it should be up to somebody else that wants to park it and put it in their living room and just look at it. Well, so, all my cars are trailer queens. I have to be I have to be honest, but they're all race cars. So, how else would you drive them? Uh, you get them on the track exactly. And, uh, and speaking of that, last question for you, Craig. Uh, what about Laguna Seca and Monterey this year? Are you coming out? Are you going to bring something with you? Thoughts? I think I will. Um, I'm going to sign up for the two early races uh, up in uh, Sonoma and Laguna and get my sea legs back under me. We built a track out here as one of the founding members at Apex. So I got to go out and start getting some seat time back underneath me. I did not do it during quarantine. I stayed pretty focused on the business and doing online only auctions and things, but I'm ready to get back out there and start playing with my cars again. What do you think about Absolutely. bringing out uh, for Monterey this year? Probably the Javelin, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of my favorites to race. I have the Dan Gurney car. I race Trans Am primarily. I also have the 65R model Shelby. I haven't raced it since the 50th anniversary race. It's a pretty rare car. Um, I converted it to take it and do the Tour Auto and the Tour de France uh, so that I could run down the street and quarantine hit. So I didn't <laughs> go do that. So I want to go do that through Europe. You know, I want to start. Uh, I built a family office where I keep all my cars away from the company with my own mechanics and my own shop. And uh, that's where I'm going after this call is to go check on my cars. What is the conversion process on something like that uh, 65 Shelby? That's a Shelby Mustang, right? So it had no interior in it, only one seat. So I put two seats in it and carpet and sound deadening and uh, made it to their specs, which are pretty close to the specs of, what we used to call the Harlot, uh, the Steve Earle specs, where it has to pass all the tech of the era. 
but you also got to make it as dependable as you can make it. You don't want to push it on horsepower because you got to go racetrack. You drive on the roads fast, racetrack to racetrack to racetrack. And being in Europe, I can't bring a semi-trailer full of spare parts with me. Mm-hmm. So I've got to make it so that it's dependable, but, you know, still fun to drive and tires on it. You know, I got to bring spare tires, but I'm not going to run full race slicks on yeah, I'm playing around with tires that I can do both things with well, and get some life out of them. <clears throat> it is uh, the the auction's going to air uh, this coming Wednesday through Saturday on FYI and history and history, I should say, and you can watch a live stream at barrettjackson.com. Also going to watch that uh, two-part docuseries as well. That's also on history. And just a quick way, Craig, just to be clear, uh, the auction itself, the 20th through the 27th, people can still go and buy tickets and show up, or is it sold out? Yeah, or is they it on- need to buy them online okay. uh, ahead of time, as the because we got to limit the number of people. We're trying not to get a huge onslaught at the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've allocated so many per day. And uh, that's basically the easiest way is just go to our website. And as you said, tomorrow night, uh, we start airing the, the preview show, Little Red, Green Hornet on FYI. Uh, Sunday, we will air the same three shows. And then next Wednesday, we go live on FYI. And then Thursday and Friday and Saturday uh, are the big days. The lineup for Friday and Saturday is unbelievable. And we're on five hours Friday and Saturday on History Channel Live plus streaming. So we got a lot of great stuff ahead of us. Seven great charity cars that are VIN 1s. We've been stacking up VIN 1 cars for the OEMs. We'll be selling the first Mach 1, the first Bronco, uh, two of the Black Wings, the first Hummer, and the first uh, C8 mm-hmm. convertible, uh, the first launch edition uh, TRX Ram truck. Wow. And it's quite a lineup of charity cars. We're selling one for Michael Phelps, uh, 2010 Ford Roush Barrett-Jackson edition Mustang that was donated. Uh, it's VIN 1. So hmm. Michael will be there and a lot of other cool things. We brought back fantasy bidding so you can sit at home and play the game and figure out what you think the cars will bring. So we're trying to make it as interactive and as fun as possible. We're coming out of COVID, all of us together. So. We're going to do it in a safe, fun way. Craig, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. See you uh, around the auction. We'll see you you there. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Craig Jackson, everybody. All right, let me tell you about uh, Policy Genius. Springtime. Yeah, time to get your house in order. Revisit your home and auto insurance with Policy Genius. They've saved re-shoppers up to... 1055 bucks a year on home and auto coverage. First, head to policygenius.com, answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius compares rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate. Find the lowest quotes. Uh, they'll look to maximize savings, include uh, bundling home and auto policies. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. Right, Matt? Yeah. While you're uh, gearing up for spring cleaning, don't forget to dust off your home and auto insurance policies with Policy Genius. Reshop your rates and you can save up to $1,055. Head to policygenius.com to get started right away. And Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. 
All right. Let's see. Yeah, it's got a lot of good stuff. The Ram TRX. The uh, they're all VIN number one, and even though the 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 cars have been coming out, mm-hmm. they he was already allocated VIN number one for all the charity cars. So the you can Hummer EV is going to be a cool one. Yeah, the Hummer EV is going to be cool. I, I hope have they not, have some of them there. I imagine it would. I I haven't seen any yet, but. They gotta be. Yeah. What is the Hummer? I don't even know if that's out yet. EV. I, I don't think. That's I don't think out. it's out. Cause... And the Cadillacs. When he said the Black Wings, the CT4 and the CT5 V cars are uh, just high horsepower, incredible midsize and small sedan. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, fall of 2021. So uh, soon enough, we're going to start because the place we'll see them first is in L.A. and Malibu. And yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, it'd be cool to go see. I'm going to be out to Barrett Jackson just for the last couple of days. But All right. Last it. but not least, we'll tell you about uh, Geico. Do you, uh, do you own? Do you rent? Hmm. How about uh, you get your automotive policy and you put it together with your uh, homeowner's insurance or your renter's insurance? And uh, you do it over at Geico. Speaking of Geico, let's tell you about another Road trip sponsored by Geico. What are we going to be road tripping to Laguna Seca this year? I feel like I'm jonesing badly to uh, hop in. the 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 best time, well, half the fun is is getting there. Yeah. Well, for right now we got the new Lincoln Aviator, right? Which is the uh, the Aviator Black Label Hybrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, anytime you 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 get the heated and cooled seats and the massage. Yeah. 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 See, that's the best way to go. I was talking to Sonny about us taking the Rolls Royce out there several years ago, and he was trying to figure out which one it was. Yeah. And I got the Wraith and the Silver Wraith and the Flying Wraith. And the, yeah, well, know. it was I a don't... ghost. It was a ghost. <laughs> it was a ghost. <laughs> was it, he, he said, was it two-door or four-door? Because uh, was it two-door or when it's two-door, it's one huge door or yeah. the four-door. But y- your mind kind of goes, oh, I didn't have any trouble getting in the back seat. But Right. Is it a four-door? Yeah, it was a four-door, the Ghost. So the Phantom is the big four-door, and that's more of a bespoke car. The The Ghost is a little bit more of their production car, if you will. Mm. And uh, yeah, we took that one. What um, a way to get to Pebble Beach. And um, to this year, again, uh, Matt always does the... Matt always does the driving. Uh, Max Apat is in back. He's in charge of the tunes. <laughs> yeah. I'm up front. I'm the band leader. I'm shouting out coordinates. There's and, a lot of that. And and, uh, and Sonny's usually got snacks. He's usually uh, knee deep in some jerky. <laughs> and uh, and it's a good it's a good run. Um, the uh, the best if we never really take the coast all the way out because it's an extra. Hour, but uh, right. it depends you, if if Chris is demanding split pea soup or not, but, <laughs> which but, is most of the time. But uh, yeah, every <laughs> once in a while we will take the scenic route. Right? Yeah, the scenic route out there is so damn awesome, and uh, yeah, you guys should uh, hit the road and make a road trip, especially with uh, after all this COVID business. Once stuff opens up, we got to get up, we got to get out, you got to hit the road, yo. And uh, like I said, if you're going to do that. Then get your Geico on. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could be saving when you uh, go to Geico. And if you're going to do a road trip or you're just going to do a couple hundred laps around the block and keep it uh, keep it local, keep it under 3,000 RPM like that. Um, <laughs> like the T-50. Like the T-50. You got no choice. You go to Geico.com and get set up today at Geico.com. 
All right. Uh, we got some interesting stuff coming up. I'm going to be racing the Porsche club car against some monster Corvette something at Willow. Yeah. We're telling you, you guys go around about the block a little. a few times in that car. Going to have to get a little heat into those tires. <laughs> so we're going to have to uh, work that out. Uh, I'm doing stand-up uh, tonight and uh, also tomorrow night, and that's at the Virginia Street Brew House. I'm not sure how tickets are working out there, but uh, contact Virginia Street Brew House. We'll see if we can get you in there. Jam in the van, speakeasy. That'll be two shows March 25th, and we'll do uh, stand-up there, and Loxie's going to be playing, and Adam Ray's going to be doing stand-up, and Dawson's going to be doing stand-up. Zanies, Nashville, will do a live pod there, April uh, 14th as well. Just go to adamcurl.com for all the live shows. Matt, what do you got? Uh, just got uh, a, a bunch of cars. We got about eight weeks of coming up of, of some incredible press cars to drive. But so just uh, uh, tune in here and follow me at Motorator on social media. So until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Craig Jackson and Matt the Motorator. DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at geico that is geico.com today that's geico.com hey movie lovers who needs a theater when you have pluto tv grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here pluto tv is your home for movies great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action horror rom-coms and more watch hits like saving private ryan pretty in pink and charlie's angels all for free no signups no fees no contracts ever Download the free Pluto TV app on any device.